What's good, everyone? Welcome back to My First Kicks. This is episode 156, and this week I bring to you a special episode with Fresh Daily. That's right. I have known Fresh Daily for a very long time, so we go over all of that in this episode. It's a pretty long episode, actually, because it was... I gotta say, it's like two friends just reconnecting again over just memories and... It's a really good time. I got to learn a lot more than I knew back when I first met Fresh. And we talk about his process, like it evolved into him putting me onto a ton of stuff and me telling him stories that he didn't remember, uh, finding out how I ended up in the circle, his inner circle, I want to say, in terms of just like fly shit. And it was just really cool. It was kind of just like a full circle moment for me. And it was really cool opportunity. And you will definitely see a lot of Fresh on the podcast coming forward or going forward. So it was just a very fun and insightful episode for everyone who doesn't really know me or who wants to learn more about me also. But you got to learn about Fresh as well. And make sure, you know, you cop his most recent album, The Quiet Life 2, I love that joint. It is fire. Uh, we talk about just like when I first met him and how his connection with Stan led to us meeting. And it's a, it's just a really cool episode. So very excited to jump into that. I will say, as you've noticed, I have taken maybe like a big step back on social content in terms of the podcast i will try to post more clips of the actual podcast but when it comes to like tiktok content i've taken a big step back i'm currently working on something that i think deserves all my attention so whenever i get a chance instead of creating that type of content i will hint that i'm creating this type of content and once it's done, I'll announce it on here. I'm planning to maybe do like an episode where I announce the content on the episode. And then that same week, I'll drop what I'm dropping. But I'm very excited about it. I found this new lane that I'm if you if you are listening to this and I've spoken to you about this lane, please keep it to yourself for now. But just know I'm very excited about what I'm going to bring to you all who listen to this or maybe even new and hopefully it will bring some more new people in that find that content. But I'm excited about it. Just doing what I'm doing in my spare time that's revolving around it is making me excited. So that's a good sign because TikTok never made me excited. I'll be honest. Talking to people and finding a new community. That was the best part of TikTok. Like shout out to Morgan Flex. Frank, uh, Valley Boy, all those guys. I really am gracious to be in the group chats that we are in. And I it's you'll see me be on there live sometimes when I'm 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 working on an episode or, or editing or something like that. But like I said, I will be taking a step back. Maybe I'll, you know, if I feel inspired to to drop some funny content, I'll probably do it on there, but it's going to take me a minute. Anyway, on to where you can find Fresh Daily. You can find him 
on all social medias as fresh.daily. We talk about why that's his name on all social medias. And check, like I said, check out The Quiet Life too. Go stream that joint. Let, pause this. Go stream it. Listen to the whole album. Come back. Come back after because I need the listens as well. But I hope you enjoy this. And, and after, and if you're back and you're back, say, hey, welcome back. Quiet Life 2 is fire, right? Anyway, uh, check out, because we talk about his brand, Very Relaxed. Check out his Very Relaxed uh, brand. I'll put a link in the bio, not bio, in the description of this podcast and also description on YouTube. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please, please, please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the My First Kicks universe. But <laughs> on to where you can find me. I am who is Haas on all social medias. Follow the podcast on My First Kicks pod. Follow and I guess subscribe to the podcast again on My First Kicks on TikTok and YouTube. Like I said, I have stuff coming. Everybody's going to enjoy this thing that I'm working on. All right. I'm hyping it up because I'm very hyped about it. I'm saying it again. That's how hyped I am about it. And then, as always, if you have a My First Kick story, and I'm pretty sure this might be your first time listening to this, and I'm pretty sure you have a My First Kick story, hit me up with your My First Kick story, myfirstkickspod at gmail.com, or Hit me up on the Instagrams. You can message me on my first kicks pod on Instagram and t- uh, Twitter, uh, or just at me on Twitter and just hit me on there and and say, hey, I have a my first kicks pod story. What's the email? I'll give you the email because I would love to talk about you all's first kicks as well. So hit your boy up, especially if you haven't been a guest on here. So. On to this week's guest, Fresh Daily. Hey, Fresh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, here we go. Yo, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, please, man. You know, it's a big, big, big honor. You know, we've been rocking with each other for a long time, but... You know, people don't people don't know on this podcast that how long how long you know basically you're one of the first people that we were like messing with with each other in terms of just sneakers um, early on. Um, before yeah, everyone was a sneakerhead. <laughs> before everyone was a sneakerhead, but I remember <laughs> we'll t- we'll definitely got to tell some stories because there there's just there's some that always come to mind and I always tell people about it. But uh, you know, for the people who aren't familiar with you, how about you introduce yourself? Peace. What's up? Um, I'm Fresh or Fresh Daily, as people call me. Uh, I am an MC and uh, an illustrator and graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Word. Big, big time. Like, you ni- I've always said you were nice with it, man. So Thank you, G. <laughs> and also, don't forget, you got Very Relaxed. Yes, yeah. I, I also I also uh, own and design a brand called Very Relaxed, and as well as throw uh, an event series called Beat House and a party series called Sweat House. <sighs> Look at you, man. I, I, we got to talk about that, too. You cooking. You always cooking, bro. <laughs> oh, man. But you're here to answer the question I ask everybody each week. And that question is, what's your first kicks? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have? All right. So um, I'm a New York kid. I reside in Oakland now. 
but um, I'm a lot older than I look. I'm not going to tell you how old, but I'm a lot older than I look. And so, um, you know, I definitely am the product of single parenting where that means your mom's is not going to spend $100 on no Jordan's fees. You're not going to spend 100 So there's a lot of kicks that I saw come and go coming up. And then around 19, I left the crib and started making my own money. And that's mm-hmm. when... And that's when the kicks really started coming in. <laughs> and one of my earliest memories is early 2000s, um, late 90s, early 2000s. I used to work at Dina DeLuca, which is on the corner. I don't, it's not there no more, but Dina DeLuca was a super, it was like a fancy Whole Foods before Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the corner of Prince and Broadway in Soho. Mm-hmm. And this is the era of Soho had a bunch of stores you know, Supreme was right on the corner. Nort was mm-hmm. there. Recon was there. Clientele was there. But then um, there was David Z was mm-hmm. there. Well, David Z is a, a shoe store that had a whole bunch of sneakers, mostly Asics, Sebagos. And then there was like a couple of other sneaker oh, stores man. on that mm-hmm. block. Um, and going to work every day, um, I would walk down Broadway till I hit Prince. And I'll pass this the store, and I don't remember which sneaker store it was because back then there was a bunch of boutiques. Mm-hmm. But I saw a pair of Dunks in the window, a pair of Nike Dunks in the window, and you know I couldn't tell the SKU number or anything, but they were money green. Mm-hmm. They were like a, a a dark olive and a light olive with white laces. And um, if you if you've seen them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I just remember this was like think. the 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 first time in life where I was like, I don't care what these sneakers cost. I mm-hmm. need these sneakers. And I'll be honest with you, then I liked sneakers, but I didn't have a, a taste level of, I like these sneakers. I just knew if I saw it and I liked it, I got it. The mm-hmm. whole the whole culture of it came, I want to say more 2006, 2007 is when I really started refining that taste. But I remember mm-hmm. this had to be like 2001, maybe, roughly around then. Maybe it could 2000. be the ghost. You may be thinking about the ghost SBs. It was they weren't they weren't SBs though. I don't. Oh, think. they're re- they're regular dunks. They were they were regular dunks. I doubt that they were SBs to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Because like as so, soon as you said that block, I was like, ooh, maybe blades. And then you mm-hmm. said the wind. You said a window. So I'm thinking like, okay. Like, I'm literally just walking down it in my head. I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. Blades. Because you know. it was, okay, so this is Broadway. It was right on, um, after Prince, if I'm going up toward 14th, what's the next mm-hmm. block after Prince? It's like the main one, uh, Houston Spring? Street. Houston, Houston Street, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's Houston, between Houston and Prince on Broadway, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm going up toward 14th, I'd be on the right side of the street, right? Right so, side of the street. If I'm going up toward 14th on Broadway, mm-hmm. which after Prince, going toward Houston. Um, and I used to look in the window and I remember. And I think back then they must have only been 100 bucks or something yeah. like that. Might have been 98 on sale. You don't know. But mm-hmm. I remember that defining moment, that gra- that pair set off everything for the me. Domino, so, the, the, the domino? The domino effect. effect. They were super comfortable. <laughs> up until that point, I might have had you know, Air Force Ones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really it. I, 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 my collecting, I had a pair of Ace 81s. I had two pairs of Ace 81s, which is more mm-hmm. of like a, a tennis sneaker that looks really similar to the Dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of Air Force Ones in a myriad of colors. But that was my first pair of Dunks. And I just remember the color really made me be like, 
yo, I love olive green. It goes so ill with everything, you know. Olive green is one of my favorite colors to wear. And mm-hmm. I remember that being it. So this, like I said, is a twofer. Because right. right after that, I got a pair of Air, Air Trainer 1s. Mm. And um, I can't remember which ones they were. But no, I not just, the chlorophylls? It wasn't the chlorophylls. It was, I, I feel like when chlorophylls first dropped, I missed them. So this mm-hmm. had to be something. And I, it was a general release. But I okay. just remember thinking, this is, a, this is probably 2006, seven. So I was really enamored with the... You remember, the strap across the shoe was a, a big deal. We saw yeah. a lot of... We saw a lot of things happen with that strap across the shoe, you know, mm-hmm. like Kanye was in the uh, the uh, Auto Matsumoto shoe, which was mm-hmm. anything that looked that made you look like a a, a fucking anime character it was big, <laughs> big and chunky yeah. with a strap, you know, whether it was uh-huh. Air, the big Air Force Three or whatever. But Air Trainer One probably was the most comfortable, like right at the height of my peak of like streetwear era and sneakers for me mm-hmm. that air trainer one the air trainer Bananas. one and the, and the dunk low two defining shoes for me i would say favorite silhouettes even to this day that i mean yo i, I wish i could because like usually I'll, I'll do a little synopsis of the shoe but uh since we don't know you're just gonna have to f- try say, to find I'll it find yourself pi- i'll find a picture and send it to you <laughs> I, yeah, that I mean, it's wild that you worked in Soho during like the height of Soho too. Oh, so yeah. I'm pretty sure you saw a lot of people just like either trying things out, like being ahead of the yeah. curve. Yeah, you know, you know, back then Supreme used to have sample sales, mm-hmm. like right behind. They were I forgot what the street was. They were there, but like right behind yeah, that street know. that they were on, mm-hmm. like there was an alley called like maybe Great Jones Street or something like that, and right around the corner from that alley they would have these crazy sample sales i actually saw uh shout out my man dice who used to work at a life i saw dice take drake to this maybe possibly the last sample sale supreme had and i was just like (laughs) i I couldn't even get into it at that point it was like Mm -hmm. but there used to never be a fucking line for these sample sales you could just go in and cop like crazy for like a crazy discount and the hype hadn't hit then but right around that like the beginning of the end of that like supreme shit i remember there being a crazy line and me just thinking to myself this is nuts and and then seeing dice skip the line (laughs) all past everybody i was like yo dice you know (laughs) let me hear what you know but he was there with drake taking drake to a supreme sample you know so It was really kind of crazy. Um, That's crazy. That whole era, this is, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, is is this mixtape Drake? This is this is no. Uh, this is already so far gone had come out, uh, mm-hmm. and so like maybe the first or second album was already because he he had already done his a life session. So whatever yeah. year that that a life session was, this is like maybe same year or a year after it. So whatever Jeez. era that was. But, you know, like my whole coming of age uh, was, uh, you know, I started working at Dean and DeLuca. That was mm-hmm. like maybe 99 or 2000. Could might have been 2001. But going to work every day in Soho, mm-hmm. I thought I had my Brooklyn shit, which was a very specific aesthetic and mm-hmm. sneaker shit. I had that. But then go- leaving Brooklyn and going to Soho. 
uh, really just made an interesting mix, you know, like you yeah. just became became acclimated to so many things that are outside of your own local bubble. So mm-hmm. it was super dope, man, especially as an MC, you know, with a very sig- signature style at that time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, speaking of that, like, where did the name come from? And like, I mean, what was were you always fresh, like in high school? Nah, you... nah not at all. Mm-hmm. Substantial gave me the name Fresh Daily. Mm-hmm. I had a different name, which if you knew it, you know it. I'm not gonna tell it to y'all. <laughs> the internet exists. Good luck finding it. Yeah. But I had a I had another name, and um, I had linked with Substantial. He had a he had a crew slash label called UV Inc. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, uh, and so like uh, I was probably one of the last people signed to UV Inc. <laughs> Might if not if not the last. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Right in the middle of that, I got hit. I, I'll just tell you the name. It's so it's so corny. It doesn't matter. My rap my rap name was Ill Tarzan. Yeah, I know. I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't. Gonna, I was gonna. I was gonna. Let, I, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> my rap name was Ill Tarzan, and um, I thought it was a good I, name. Listen, back on the forums it was, it was, when when I was on Q and Five forums, being like, Nah, Ill Tarzan is not that Ill, bad of a name. <laughs> it is. You know, in hindsight, it's a little cringy, but. Um, Back then, I mean, it'd go crazy right now. I'll dope. be honest. Right, I, I thought it was a super dope name. But however, I didn't. What I didn't know is that the uh, author Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote the book Tarzan, had a copyright mm-hmm. on the name Tarzan. There's no other word in the English language that sounds like Tarzan without making reference to it. So they were like, "I got a mm-hmm. cease and desist from uh, the family of Edgar Rice Burroughs, who, who held copyright to that name." who has copyrighted it and licensed it out to Disney, who has licensed it out to a whole bunch of people, like movies and plays and a whole bunch of things. I didn't know this at the time, but they were like, there's no other word in the English language that sounds like Tarzan without making reference to it. So don't try to like change the name to like TRZN. We're on your ass, boy, and we'll, we'll hit you with that lawsuit. So uh-huh. they, get, they gave me 30 days to change my name. And I was in a spiral because I was like, yo, like I built so much like social equity uh-huh. wrapping around town under this name. You know, like I was one of the first people to have digital distribution early. Mm-hmm. And so I had built all this buzz under that name. And I, I just got signed up with UV Inc. I swore I was going platinum. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, because Q and five was a, a movement. Yeah. And Stan, Substan, Substantial was like a big part of Q and five. So I was like, it's up. <laughs> And then I lost the name, and I was like, "Damn, it's down." <laughs> like, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you know, but it's actually one of the best things to happen to mm-hmm. me. Um, so Stan, substantial was like, "What if you change your? Na- I was gonna change my name to Fresh All Day, like All Day is one word." He was like, "Why don't you just change it to Daily?" And then you could do because this was the era of Jay Z, and. Um, and uh, uh, DJ Clue, S. Mm-hmm. Carter, yeah, and and or he was M. M. Holla and H. Holla, the Holla brothers, yeah, Hove, Hove, and um, and Clue was doing a ho- so that whole dot thing was he was like he could be like F. Daily, and I was like, oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Let's let's run with that. Let's do that. I like that fresh daily. 
And but the name online on social media was taken. Fresh Daily was taken, so it turned to Fresh Dot Daily. Mm-hmm. So that's how I can always tell when people are like new fans or don't know me because they oh oh what's up Fresh Dot Daily and I'm like that's not my name. <laughs> my name is not Fresh Dot Daily. It's just, that's my handle. Like it's kind of weird to call people by their social media handle. Yeah. But at this point, I'm just like whatever, man. <laughs> as long as you. As long as I'm being acknowledged, I'll correct you. We're like as long as you're yeah, streaming so me, just just play yeah, the hit so the play button. <laughs> hit the play button. So that's kind of like how I got the name, mm-hmm. but it was more about uh. So Naturel, I don't know if you know Naturel. He he's now a really well known um illustrator and mm-hmm. artist and fine artist. You know, like um a lot of famous people own his work. Like he's done work with Nike. He's mm-hmm. done. Puma, LeBron James owns his work. Mm-hmm. Um, Swiss Beats is, owns his work. You know he's represented by a lot of galleries. But back then, mm-hmm. he was a um, an illustrator and designer at Rockaway Women's Division, as well as an MC and and graphic designer for UV Inc. Wow. And um, I will always build with with Naturel because Naturel was a big reason outside of substantial. Naturel was a big reason I wanted to be with UV Inc. because mm-hmm. he was always fly. And side note, he was the first person I seen in the Viotech uh, air trainers, and he but he had the air trainer three of the Viotechs. And I, I mean, anything Viotech is so crazy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the it's the same silhouette with yeah. a slight tweak. Yeah, except for the the three is super uncomfortable mm-hmm. and pinches your your small toe. <laughs> and I got rid of all my threes. I learned that the hard way. Except for the Viotechs, uh-huh. uh, just just to honor my boy Naturel, but. Naturel, when he was working at Rockefeller, um, Rockaware, excuse me, um, told me um, the successful cornerstone, the, the 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 cornerstone, the two cornerstones to any successful brand is two things: mm-hmm. it's quality control and consistency, mm-hmm. and that's the cornerstone. Those are the two tenets for any successful brand, mm-hmm. and so um, I that stuck with me forever. He must have told me that easily twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's still like burned into my mind. And so when I came up with the name, I knew people were gonna automatically be like, "Oh, Fresh Daily." They're gonna think it's like I was big in the streetwear, big in the sneakers. Mm-hmm. I feel like I really was trying to not get pigeonholed as like a streetwear rapper. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like Kia Shine, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, so I really wanted to stress that Fresh Daily stood for those two things: quality control and consistency. Mm-hmm. Doing something really level, really at a high level, and then being able to duplicate that process uh, at the same level or better, mm-hmm. right? So that's quality control and consistency. Fresh, quality control and consistency daily, mm-hmm. doing it every, every day. day. So that's re- that's what the name really breaks down to ultimately. No, I mean. Yeah, it's it's crazy because like I will say when I first started listening to your stuff, I was just like, man, this dude's mad nice. And then I actually went and I saw you. I think you opened for Stan. I think that was the first time I met you. You opened for Stan on one on one show, and then we started talking Maybe. after that. Um, yeah, and it was like you you opened my eyes into like oh, because like I was like tiptoeing into sneakers during that time, like two thousand six or something like that and then you're that sounds about right. yeah and then you were like you were like yo bro you gotta check this out and this out and we were like talking on the forums all, all every day and then you put you put me on to like you know nike talk and stuff like that because you were like you were like yo you, you gotta check this stuff out uh i forgot like 
I don't I don't think we were there like were so many yeah. websites. There was yeah. so many blogs, you know. Like as you're telling me this, I'm like having vague recollection of it, <laughs> but it's like a million years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, there's so many blogs I used to check on the regular, mm-hmm. so many forums I used to check on the regular. Um, but also, you know, like the advent of e-commerce happened and it's like that changed a lot because mm-hmm. back then you really had to like go to a store. They might not have an e-commerce portion of their website. Right. Their website only let you know what they had in store and then you had to go to the store. Mm-hmm. So there was an interesting community of people who are going to these retail places, having these dope retail experiences with mm-hmm. sneakers and streetwear at places that you could only get this thing there. Yeah. Right. So it, that was the beauty because like certain shit was like a Tokyo release only. Right. And unless you had a plug, in Tokyo, you weren't getting that. Mm-hmm. That you weren't getting that T-shirt. You weren't. I mean, I feel like that was what was kind of sick about Bape was they didn't have a U.S. flagship yet. Right. So if you wanted a pair of Bapes, you needed a plug in either the U.K. or Japan to get that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and and that the same was it was the same for a lot of brands and a lot of releases at tier zero accounts mm-hmm. and hyper strikes and all this shit. And so these sort of online forums and blogs and websites were a really good way to communicate. Oh, you go, you're over there. I'm over here. If you send me these, I'll send you those. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that was the culture. And it was so dope to me too, because like, uh, regional styles Mm -hmm. were very, were very specific. You know, you would go to, uh, you know, like Baltimore or DMV and see a lot of new balances and foam posits and shit like that Mm -hmm. and Nike boots. And then you would go, you know, to Texas and see something different. And that was one of my favorite parts of touring. Yeah, I was just going to ask. When you go on the road, you Mm -hmm. go to different places and they'd be like, oh, you from New York, huh? They could tell. Mm -hmm. They could tell at a glance of you. Now with social media regional styles have been homogenized because yeah. everyone's looking at each other and like kind of a little bite here, mm-hmm. a little inspiration there. I, I really miss regional styles and, and that kind of sort of niche community of like sneakerheads. So as you're telling me that, like, I know I must have like tried to put you onto shit back then. I don't remember it now. Oh, you were putting, like, cause you, cause like I was, I was huge. Like moose, what is it? Moose unlimited, moose limited shirts. I was wearing like, siphon shirts and stuff like that because that's when because yeah. that's, that's when that's when uh they were like really trying to tap into the underground scene and being like yeah. you know i remember it was there was that one brand that pack fm and tone uh modeled for where they had like the statue of liberty holding the gun and it was like yeah and i was accomplice yeah accomplice yes accomplice accomplice and yep. and uh and i was so i was like oh uh you know all my favorite rappers are, are rocking this stuff let me rock it too and i was doing that was like the the fubu yeah. mentality but then you were like you're like man you got to check out this brand and th- that's when i remember you being like you were like yo you ever heard of supreme and i was just like i mean i passed by it one one to once or twice and you were like you should probably go inside and i was just like all right and and then I started checking out like uh, for real like you you were one of the people that were like yo you should really wow. see this scene down in, in Soho and I was just kind of just like you know hip hop head really not really you was a baby yeah I was <laughs> you was a baby bro wow. but I, I credit that to you because like you know we we would definitely spend mad time after shows just talking about stuff. Talking about shit, yeah. Yep. I feel like I seen you at like a sneaker event too. Damn, I was just gonna bring that story up because I remember I it perfectly. Like... We went to Dunk okay. Exchange. 
Wow. And I remember this night and day, like like it happened wow. to yesterday. Went to Dunk Exchange, and this is where okay. I I like this is where I was already working my way up into the forums and learning how to haggle and stuff like that. So I was getting stuff for cheap, right? I was pulling up the tables being like, you know, I know you're sitting on these. Let me get let me get them for like 60s. And people will pull up and be like, yo, here you go. So we, we were walking. Uh, me and my boy were walking. Uh, shout out to Joey Brams from NikeSB.org forums. So, like, we were walking around and people, we were talking to people and stuff like that. And then you pull up and I'm like, fresh? And you were like, what up? And, I, and, then, and then you were like, you don't, you were like, what do you, I know you know about sneakers, but what do you know about these? And you pulled out the, I think it was like the Samurai Dunks or something like that. It was like a, Damn. it was like, it was like a, yes! it, yeah. And you were like, what do you know about it these? Like the, it had the, the plaid on the yes. a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, buddy. Wow, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> and I, I don't think they were, I don't think they, they might have been the Dunks, but they were Air Force Threes in that Samurai pack. Mm-hmm. And I might have had the Air Force Threes and yeah. not the Dunks. I can't remember. I, I remember you just pulling out a shoe that had that, like, plaid. That's all I remember. Uh-huh. And then you were like, what are these? You know about these? And I look at you, and I'm like, I don't I don't know what those are. And you were like, aha, I knew. And I was just like, <laughs> that was it. I was just like. <laughs> if you know, in that in that era, in that era, Stunton was a hat. Yeah, you were. You were. Like, Every you single really chance, on you like every single chance. There was one time. I'll tell you another time. We ran into each other. We oh ran my in, god! We ran into each other on 14th Street because I used to hang out 14th Street all the time after high school or like R.I.P. 14th for R.I.P. 14th Street. Yeah, um, and we ran into each other, and you were like. You were you turned to me. You was like, "You don't know nothing about these animal packs." And I looked down. You were rocking the animal pack uh, Air Max ones. The the wow. and I was like, "Damn, those are crazy!" And that's the first time I ever wanted those because of you. Yeah, I was like, "I gotta get that's those." That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, you 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 definitely hit hit me with the with the you don't got these a lot, and I I miss yeah. those times. I miss those times. Now everybody got them, and mm-hmm. or everybody can get them. And that the beauty of that stunt moment was that you had to be outside, mm-hmm. or you had to be tapped in to get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was something really dope about that because it's like, like the hunt, the thrill of the hunt, and like the haggling, and the whole process of it was like it was like a real like collector's dream. Like you know, it was like uh. If you play an RPG game mm-hmm. and you have to go through <laughs> bosses and mini bosses yeah. and go on quests for certain pieces, and then you collect these pieces and you put together a fit like a puzzle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that kind of doesn't exist. It like, doesn't, yeah. That it's you know I I and I don't want to shit on Yachty, but I feel like Yachty is a perfect example of someone who has like. Not unlimited funds, but has access to a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so that access to his money kind of like, he can just be like, I wasn't outside or even born when this shoe drops, but I I have I can, I can have the $4,000 to buy it and yeah. put it in my collection. And to me, this that's, that's cool that he has the collection, but I was like, damn, I remember what you had to do to get yeah. those, bro. <laughs> like that, the store that those dropped on doesn't even exist. Yeah, anymore. and you don't know nothing about the store. You never visited the store. You just know that the shoe exists because of the store. All right, so I'm jumping in here to talk about Magic Mind. As a frequent user of Magic Mind, it has been helping me. And you know, you can see 
it helped me during this conversation with Fresh Daily that you're watching or listening to right now. You can see that I'm alert and asking great questions. Shoot, we go into some really interesting, like I bring up an old story on here that just blows his mind. So you can see that Magic Mind is working. And I have to attribute it to that. I have to attribute my alertness to Magic Mind because it has my favorite ingredient, matcha, which contains compounds called cathogens that help extend the benefits of caffeine in your body. And you know, you know, like I said last week, you know, I can't forget about that ashwagandha because of how important it is to help you with stress and anxiety, especially when, you know, you're working or you're podcasting or you're creating content. It helps because even though you have a long day ahead, ashwagandha got you back. And just because Magic Mind is just a simple shot you take to start your mornings, which you can pair with a normal cup of coffee. I mean, I usually just drink just the shot by itself, and then I'm off to the races. And it's interesting to see how long I last without any crashing, because gone are the days of sipping coffee throughout the day. and then. You know, you take too long, it gets cold, or you take too long, and then you're too caffeinated, and you're not able to go to bed, and I need my sleep. I know you need your sleep, so you know I need my sleep, whatever, as as, as, as little, as little as I get, you know, but Magic Mind helps me so that I'm not crashing at 4 p.m., and Immediately wanted to go to sleep at 4 p.m. because we've all been there. You get those little naps. I don't, I'm not a big fan of napping, but when you take those naps, they don't really fully recharge you. And it's because you drank caffeine or you drank coffee in the morning. And now your body's like, oh man. But Magic Mind helps you by redistributing all that coffee or caffeine through your body and making it last longer. So you're not going to crash. And you know that it will help you make it through that long day. So, if you want to join your boy in starting your mornings with Magic Mind, visit magicmind.com slash jankickpod. And make sure you use this specific link because when you input my code kickpod20 and subscribe for three months, you get one whole month free. Also, if you aren't looking for a three-month supply, you can still use my code KICKPOD20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. But if you are serious about hitting these January goals, visit magicmind.com slash jankickpod and use my code KICKPOD20 to get an extra 20% off your first purchase. And note, this is only for this January. So you better hurry up before it's gone. And I, I like Yadi as a I like Yadi as a person. Mm. I don't I don't know him, but I, I just like his personality, I feel like. I, his music I acknowledge is like not for me. But that one thing drives me so nuts mm. about like a lot of uh today's rappers. 
that like consider themselves sneakerhead. Mm -hmm. I feel like just because you have proximity to rich or richness or wealth, mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't it, to me it doesn't auto equate that you're a sneakerhead just because you have the means to buy them. Right. I yeah. feel like that I miss that kind of portion of it, and I'm I know I'm coming across as an old head here, <laughs> but I think I, I I was just talking to people about this. I don't care. You know. Like, really like, <laughs> but but it's like I always think that it it's all a what do you define a sneakerhead, right? And right. right now, being a sneakerhead is super mainstream. It's been the most mainstream, mainstream. Ever, ever thing out of like ever it's ever been in in anybody's but, life. Yeah, but the bubbles popped. No, yeah, for sure. And and the bubbles popped. And because but, of yes. that, like we're gonna start seeing people come back and be like, oh, now start gatekeeping is about to be more relevant again, you know? And and you know, I'm really anti gatekeeping. I'm super anti gatekeeping. I feel like, I feel like I would tell you you ain't got these, mm -hmm. but I would never stun on you and be like, "Where did you get them?" No, I can't tell you that. Yeah, I feel like that. that but that's the that's corny. the that's the original term of gatekeeping. The gatekeeping that is now is different. Okay. It's like what is it? It's like oh, you don't skate, you shouldn't wear SBs. Oh, you don't hoop, you shouldn't be wearing Jordans. Like that's where we're at in the level of gatekeeping. And that's also super corny. Yeah, if, that's if you don't, Omega corny. If you don't, if 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 you if you don't hike, you shouldn't wear cargo pants. <laughs> like if you do, if you're not a carpenter, why are you wearing carpenters? Yeah, it's it's really dumb. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it, we're getting into really backward ass thinking when we start gatekeeping on that level. Mm -hmm. I used to like uh, the as a certain aspect of gatekeeping, like the uniqueness of it. Mm -hmm. But one time, I'll give you an example. One time, I remember when around the time we met, I always used to wear gazelles. Yeah. It's probably one of the first rappers you ever see to wear gazelles every day. My prescription was in them joints. Mm -hmm. It was part of my look. Now I just wear regular glasses. I'm an old fogey. Right? <laughs> but Listen, then, listen, hold on. Hold on. For people who don't know, Fresh was fly as hell back in the day. Like I'm talking what? about. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? What I'm talking about. I'm talking... No, 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 no. My bad. My oh, bad. Yeah. My bad. Fresh, fresh is fly as hell always. But having gazelles and like you know you were you were. It was a unique look. Yeah, it was a unique look. You were it was like different. Yeah, it was different. And then it, I got in trouble once for making a blog post about how all these rappers are wearing glasses and growing beards. Mm -hmm. And I, I mentioned certain rappers by name and that shit got me into so much trouble, <laughs> but, but cause they thought it was like beef, you uh -huh. know what I mean? Uh, and it wasn't, I was just like, I can't help but notice you suddenly are wearing like, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but, uh, damn, I forgot where I was going with My that. Bad. But, um, oh yes, no. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you a great example of gatekeeping that I thought was incredibly corny was, uh, I bumped into this dude. I'm not gonna mention him, but he had a he had a clothing brand, and he was in Brooklyn. It was a Brooklyn-based clothing brand, and mm -hmm. I seen him on a, at a block party. He had on Casals, and he had on a Dookie rope chain. Do you remember the Dookie rope yeah. chain resurgence uh -huh. around the same time the the retro kids started coming around? Oh my god! This, this is also the <laughs> era where I was just like, I want to throw all of my snapbacks and stop wearing Casals because these dudes are like kind of like costuming this shit, mm -hmm. and I'm. I'm over it. But I saw his gold rope chain. I was like, damn, this is like right. I'm honestly right before retro kids where some of this eighties retro fashion was making. It's like climbing into like mainstream looks. Mm -hmm. And I saw him at the black party and I was like, yo, that's dope. Where'd you get it? Clearly. I don't think it was real. Cause a truck jewelry 
gold rope chain, that a dookie rope chain like that would have been easily like three thousand, four thousand dollars. Yeah. I know for not to pocket watch, but I know for a fact that bro that had it was definitely not dropping that. So I, I made the assumption it was like Costume jewelry. A, cost, a costume piece, yeah. which is fine. I had I had several. And I was just like, Oh, that's dope. Where'd you get it? And bro hit me with the yeah, I can't tell you that. Like, um, twisting up his face. And, like... I would have been like, what, Party City? Party City? Right, like... Right, I I didn't want to cook him. I didn't want to cook him because, to me, to to, to this day, I still feel like he's he's an OG. He's my OG. Mm -hmm. I just have respect for the older brother-type figures and around around the way that was super fly with it. So I always... I always tip my cap and deference him. He was a super polo head. Uh, uh, there was a group of dudes in my like in my circle, not in my immediate circle, mm-hmm. but in my neighborhood, and and that we all like concentric circles, like the Olympic logo, yeah, right. <laughs> who who are, who are like if I was like a freshman or or a junior, they were definitely like the senior class uh-huh. of dudes that were like polo heads, always super fly, mm-hmm. always on their on their Brooklyn shit with mm-hmm. the the Tims, always on their Brooklyn shit with the kicks. Always on their Brooklyn shit with getting fly. Mm-hmm. And I always acknowledged them. And this dude was one of them. And I was like, damn, where'd you get that? And he kind of made me feel so corny for asking. And I promised myself. And I looked at him different, too. I still, again, I still give him so much props yeah. as being the, like a style OG. Your, the but respect was, is there, but the, the corniness. But level, he was but... forever corny yeah. after that. <laughs> like, I still, he, I still fuck with bros. I still... Yeah, you know, I sold this dude polo pieces and hats. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna say too much because I'm gonna blow up his spot. You buy, you get real close. You get real right, close. Right, yeah. <laughs> like I already, I already re- like this dude in my head was my OG, and I'm already selling him shit. So at this point in my head, I like I already won. Like mm-hmm. years, years later, I already won. But I was like, that's so corny to do that. And I, I, I promised myself I'm never gonna gatekeep like that. If somebody likes what I got on. Mm-hmm. The illest shit is, I'll tell you where I got it. Mm-hmm. Can you get it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Can you get it? I'll mm-hmm. tell you where it's from, but can you get it? Yeah. To me, that's harder. That's Yeah, you you got it. Or at least be like, or at least be like, oh, my jeweler is my, like, you know, is my jeweler. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'll. I, I definitely have gatekeep by lying. Mm-hmm. So like, there's been a couple pieces that were just like too fire, yeah. and I just was like, I don't want. I thrift. I thrifted it. Mother, yeah. not even. I was like, oh, this is a gift. My girl got me this. So, oh, my uncle got me this. Like, oh, my uncle used to be my uncle's again. I've definitely lied a couple times mm-hmm. like that. Like, but it's still a stranger, not like somebody I know. Like, if somebody on the street, first of all. You already meat riding, so that's a that's a a, fl- a foul on the play yeah. for you meat riding a stranger in New York. You know New Yorkers, we don't talk. to We definitely don't talk to anybody. Yo, it's so funny you say that because I saw somebody with a fire varsity, and I wanted to be like, "Yo, like that's but fire." You're not a dick rider, yeah, so you're like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, I just eat that. Like I'm not gonna say anything. No, but, but look now. Now it's cool because we got social media and everything is homogenized. So mm-hmm. now it's cool to just talk to people.
people about what they have on because I've seen people that really, you know, like uh, what Jay-Z was like, might have to call a paparazzi on myself. People want to be seen and talked to about what they have on. Mm-hmm. So it's cool now. But like er- late 90s, early 2000s, I'm dead ass not talking to you about what you're wearing, bro. I'm not in your meat like that. Yeah. Pause. Like, Pause. I'm not going to come and jock ride you over what you have. And if you coming over to me talking to me, I'm going to be like, Yo, fuck is wrong with you? I don't swing that way. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's ignorant now as I'm talking about it. It's mm-hmm. ignorant as hell now. But back then, we didn't know no better. That no, was the yeah. mentality. Is like, he's like, yo, why are you talking to a strange dude, bro? You're a strange dude mm-hmm. for talking to a strange dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but, 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 I never, I never. Hardly, if 99% of the time, there may be 1% of the time I'm like, oh, my uncle gave me this. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I was a gift for my girl. But 99% of the time, I always gave up where I, it was so funny. God bless the dead. My man's, I used to have this, uh, this ill, I still have it. It's a, it's a Ralph Lauren cardigan mm-hmm. that was like an ill, um, like Aztec, you know, like an Indian print. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Color. It was kind of like, it was kind of like some shit like this where it was like, like a blanket, mm-hmm. like you know, it looked like an Indian blanket type shit, mm-hmm. and um, it was ill. And the buttons were like silver with like some kind of like Indian uh, native like thing on it. And mm-hmm. my man's was like, "Yo, that cardigan's so hard, bro. Where'd you get it?" I was like, "Oh, it's Ralph. It's Polo." He's like, "Yo, do you have a link?" And I sent them the link, mm-hmm. and the the cardigan was like. 238 bucks or something mm-hmm. he's like oh he's like i see why you sent me the link i'm not buying that <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> like i can't afford that shit that's crazy man that i mean this is why you you made me remember about the time where you were you were like yo you know about these crown dunks and you were telling me about the crown dunks so the crown dunks the brown crown dunks with the like the the like it's like marble on the side or something like that it was I I, I know I I, I gotta I'll be, show it I'll be to honest with yeah you have to show it to me yeah. I'll be honest with you bro I probably sold and gave away more no 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 you didn't you, you didn't have I mean? them like, you didn't have them you went to so, oh, I wanted so them. yeah you were like you were like oh you need to hit up clientele they have these crown dunks that's what you were telling uh, you were like this is you helping me out and I don't remember any of this. no bro. So <laughs> out, I have a weird memory is, bro yeah this gotta easily be like damn near like 15 years ago yeah. by this point probably 20 go back. <laughs> probably that's 20 wild. but that's yeah it's 2024 yeah. so like 2004 so i don't know maybe like 2007 yeah eight, something like man. that yeah 2007 yeah. or eight but like i remember you so like 15 years ago you you were telling me about clientele because you were like yo they got these crown things they don't have them in my size but if they got them in your size you need to cop them that's what you were telling me so i went there yeah. and i and i pulled them out and then i was like i was like oh snap they got them in my size i was but i was just like these shoes are crazy because you your your style is so loud and eccentric that like it's like so like you, you could tell that, like, okay, you know, you got to be on yeah, some. Yeah, no, that's fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've toned it down so much since then. I've like, I've really just like, I think when that bubble popped, when it just got to be so ubiquitous that everybody had an all over print hoodie, mm-hmm. everybody was in something like yellow, orange, turquoise, pink. It just got to be the point where everything was so loud and egregious. And it wasn't even for the sake of culture or style. It was because they were noticing that these streetwear pieces were the ones that sold. Mm-hmm. That even 
even small, even big companies started copying it, mm-hmm. that bubble popped. And I want to say that bubble popped like 2011, 2012. Yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of like death of streetwear era. Like, I mean, I feel like it all came back in its own way. Agreed. But, but do you, I mean, you remember that era and I was a man, baby Milo hoodied up, mm-hmm. you know? You, you, like, <laughs> baby Milo All the babe. Up. All the oh, babe. The, well, the, uh, the, the billion, the beeper sneakers, What's the, You also had the, uh. You used to rock the, if I remember correctly, you had a cheetah cardigan that you would rock sometimes, something like that? No. What was no, it? No, no, no. I'll tell you what I did rock to the, I wish, this is a pair that I really wish I would have taken care of. So back mm-hmm. then, I, like like I said, I was, I was a sneakerhead, but I wasn't like, first of all, I, I was broke. I was a broke rapper. No qualms about it very broke i grew up poor so Mm. learning anything about finances or even just money was just my taste level was inhibited kind of by my budget Mm -hmm. so that was another dope thing that was ill about like streetwear and stuff was like the haggling the ebay going back and forth Mm -hmm. or talking to and going to these things because i would be able to get super dope things or super limited things at a discount Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but the thing i didn't know about really was like buying two pair, like th- buying two pair of something was just not in the cards. Same. For me, and when know? people say that, I'm like, you had money to buy oh, two. You're rich. Oh, yeah. you're rich. <laughs> you know? Do you know Abacus? No, I don't think so. Abacus was a he's a he's an Asian dude, kind of heavy set, mm-hmm. super big vinyl collector, super big uh, sneaker collector. David Louis, I want to L U I is last name, and at this time. Abacus was that guy, mm-hmm. and he came to all the Q and Five shit, all the underground rap shit. Super dope dude. Uh, shout out Abacus, but Abacus was the type of dude. Yeah, he was. You want to talk about stunt? Two pairs stunning all the time, right? Yeah. Um, and to me, I was just like, this guy's got to be loading. Yeah. Ain't no way, ain't no way. <laughs> so there's a pair that I wish to God. I wish to God I would have taken better care of because mm-hmm. every every given opportunity I had these motherfuckers <laughs> on. At every given opportunity, doesn't matter if it was a show, doesn't matter if it was a regular day, uh-huh. and it's a de la de la highs. Mm. And there's 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 four pairs of sneakers in that era mm-hmm. that I wish I could have held on to and kept a little more crispy, but I walk heavy. Mm. I'm not a small dude. And I wear every pair. I'm a yeah. big believer in wear every pair. You might have remembered there was a, like, 2008, I want to say, or two, I don't even remember so long. 2008, 2009, I was in a car accident, mm-hmm. a really bad car accident. Yeah. Almost lost my leg in this car accident. And one thing it let me know is, like, yo, tomorrow's not promised. You have a pair on ice. You get hit by a car tomorrow. You never wore that pair. Yeah. Stupid. Uh-huh. Stupid. <laughs> Good going, stupid. <laughs> they sitting in the closet. Uh-huh. Your mother gonna sell them, you know. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm really big on wear every pair, mm-hmm. and there was four pair that I wore the fuck out of the, the like Hawaii volcano lows. Oh dunks, yeah, those are SBs. so fire. Um, the uh uh the De La highs. Mm-hmm. My God, I wish I would have taken care better care of those. I wore the fuck out of those. Um, the Mark and Mindy's. Mm. 
the Mark and Mindy's actually made the made it all the way out here to California with me, and I tried wearing them, and the the heel drag on them was so bad. Yeah, was so terrible. And then you know that the shiny panel in the middle uh-huh. was so waxy and worn looking. <laughs> I said, "This is this is off brand for me." I put them right outside my building because there's a lot of unhoused people in Oakland, yeah. and they were gone. They were gone in like a day, but. I really wish I would have taken care of those Mork and Mindy's because they were fucking fire. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth pair were the uncles. Mm. And anybody that had uncles, I remember I had to go get these uncles legit checked mm-hmm. because something that a lot of people don't know about those uncles is that pink suede, it doesn't stay pink. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It turns to like a tan, mm-hmm. like a pinkish color. Yeah. Like a dusty, like tannish, pinkish. And I was like, yo, are these fucking real? Because I got them out of steel. Mm-hmm. But I was like, are people going to be like, this nigga got fakes on? Like, <laughs> So I went I went to one of these sneaker, dunk exchange, sneaker mm-hmm. freaker, whatever events, and got them legit checked. But as soon as I got them legit checked, I wore the fuck out. Hell yeah, bro. And I, I really wish I still had those four pairs. Those are like, heartbreaking that i actually own them and they're like they're people's grails now you know mm-hmm. i mean look they, like i say you know shoes are definitely made to be worn and come on you gotta you gotta you 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 put them on their path to you know a full life some of them some of these yeah. people just let it rot in their closet you know and then you don't you put them on there and was then no gone. instagram then i mean there was no instagram i couldn't have you was flexing on people, bro. You was flexing I, on people. I was at live shows on tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it was great. It was good, good times, man. Good times. The so let me ask you something, yeah, something interesting. I got a question for you. I just out of curiosity, you probably talked about this on your podcast, but this is my first time really tapping in mm-hmm. in a minute with you. What was that pair for you? That was like, oh yeah, because you, you I'm, you're blowing my mind. The fact that the I, you know, you never know like the impact you have on someone until they tell you. Yeah. So the fact that you're telling me these things, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Like, to me, to you, it was like, yo, he put me on. To me, I was just like, yo, this is dope. I got, I'm telling all, all my <laughs> niggas that I, if I see you on some fly shit, oh, you, you one of us. You know? Yeah. Like, there was a, there was like a time back then, like if mm-hmm. you saw someone with like a stone throw shirt on, yeah. or a Stussy T, mm-hmm. you were like, I, I, I know you, I know you, I know you. Right. <laughs> so I, that's how I saw you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I knew that you were a rap fan, and that you were maybe a young dude and a burgeoning like sneakerhead. Now, so every time I knew that was like our common ground. So every time I saw you, I was like, I, you just, I, you know what I, uh, uh, you know what I mean? So knowing that now, yeah. hearing you tell me that. What was like that shoe for you, or like still is that shoe for you? Well, I have a couple shoes, but like, what, like, are you asking what is the shoe that got me into sneakers, or like, what is the shoe that got me into sneaker culture, or? Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like, uh, just like a flip on the question you asked me at the beginning, I guess. I mean, so like a defi- the, the, the defining the fi- joint. The, the, the defining moment would definitely be, I mean, because like the, the first two sneakers that I always talk about are me paying for my own first pair of sneakers, which is the khaki SBs. And it's like that proud moment for me of like, yo. The khaki SBs? Yeah, the khaki SBs. Not the, not the wheat joints. No, it's like 2000. Okay. It's like later. It's like 20. Okay. 20 something but the it was like 
I got those first when I got my first job at GameStop. And then the, the, cause like, I mean, like you grew up poor. So my mom and my aunt got together and for Christmas, they gave me the Air Jordan 15s. And that was the moment where I was like, I can't ask for sneakers ever in my life, even though I want them so bad that because they're going to give me ugly sneakers. And so, <laughs> so, so but they're Jordans. We got yeah, two Jordans. Jordans. There you go. <laughs> but, but I will say the moment where, I would say like I, I felt entrenched in sneaker culture because it's the it was the culmination of like my love of hip hop and my love of sneakers meeting at the at the head was when I saw Aesop Rock wearing the Tweed SBs in his uh, mm. um, food clothes medicine cover uh, inside mm. the booklet and immediately at that moment I wanted them so then it took me like three years and I got the Tweed SBs they're they're a size twelve I still you have them. The- you got the brown ones, or the, yeah, the, the tweed, ones? the tweed. I have both because that's it's my favorite. Wow. It's my favorite pattern. So gotcha. I was like, you yeah. know, that's a grail of mine. Oh, it's a grail. That of mine. is, I did not yep. know that. It's <laughs> a grail of mine. The, the brown ones. But yeah, those I love. Those there, I wear them from. I wore them to my first live show. I did the podcast live the first time, and I was just like, tweed SB's got to be it, you know. And it, it that was like. Like I bought a bunch of sneakers between that, like and be, but it, it took to that moment of being like, all right, I'm on the forums every day. I'm talking to you, like I'm learning about streetwear. I'm learning about sneakers, and it was just like the culmination of like, all right, one of my favorite rappers. This is one of my favorite brands, Nike SB, and I was like, I'm in it. Let me cop that. And then I was, I mean, I I grew up, not grew up. I when I first jumped into this, I was super into Nike SBs. Like that's. Cause I felt like did you skateboard. I did not skateboard. I tried. Okay. I tried, but I couldn't. Hey, listen, we, we all tried. <laughs> we all tried, but I was never a skater. Yeah. But I definitely had a skateboard multiple times in life. You know. Mm-hmm. The but the thing is, is like with Nike SB, it, it had a built-in community, right? You can you can go on Nike Talk, but you it felt like if you didn't know what was up, you were kind of like out of the loop immediately. You know, yeah. so but I felt yeah. I felt that camaraderie of like joining Nike SB and Nike SB boards and being like, oh, snap, like they're like teaching me stuff. I'm learning how to legit check like that all encompassed into me being like, all right, I mean, I'm a Nike SB person. It was like Nike SB or die for years and years. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, Sneakerheads now, especially young people. Mm-hmm. And I say young people as this old old fart right <laughs> um young people they, there's a, a weird kind of gatekeeping mm-hmm. with sneaker culture that this is and this is what i thought you were gonna say initially when you were like there's a new gatekeeping which is like people like turning their nose up mm-hmm. at like a, a general release or a jordan one mid mm-hmm. i think that which which to me is super fucking whack. Yeah. Which is not a part of sneaker culture at all. At all. For you sure. know what I mean? Like a, a super dope part to me of sneaker culture is like, I love this silhouette, whether it's the hottest fucking silhouette in the world mm-hmm. or it is a fringe weirdo silhouette. I just love it. It's my favorite shoe. It's the most comfortable thing. And I have 19 pairs of it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like a sneaker head. Like, they might have other things in the rotation, but they've got their silhouette that, or several silhouettes that they absolutely love Facts. and they know everything about, mm-hmm. right? But now there are people who may have just 
again, it's the proximity to money thing or just Johnny come latelys or new people because the internet has opened the floodgates to anybody being part of a niche culture. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, like you being on the SB, like SB um, boards and shit, you know, it's that camaraderie. People want, everyone wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and that's where I feel like a lot of these sort of communities thrive is online. So they don't actually, they, <laughs> and this is old head shit too, but <laughs> niggas was not outside. The, yeah. was not, a lot of people was not outside. So they don't understand that like people liked Adidas forums or mm-hmm. people liked, you know, like before like Sambas were this new thing. Like people, there are people that like went to the store and always got Sambas in every color because that's the silhouette that they fucked with. They didn't right. care that they were $79.99 or $179.99. Mm-hmm. They got them because they legit fucked with that shoe or they played soccer in college and just love that shoe. There are people that love Asics because Bruce Lee wore them. Mm-hmm. They just love that, that, that look. You know what I mean? So that's what do you think of like the people that are like a Jordan 1 mid hot whack I think that's just part of people just trying to fit in, you know? So if everybody else yeah. is saying it, they're like, oh, I got to say it too. And I think that, I, I mean, we talk about it on here with tons of guests. Like, and a lot of people that I talk to on here is all about individuality, right? Like, mm. we grew up on that. We grew up on, mm-hmm. you know, we want our style to be our style. And uh-huh. it's that's what's important, right? Where it's like, we we grew up with not a lot of money but we had figure we had to figure out a way to look Style. different than somebody yep. else and it doesn't matter yep. how much it costs you know it could be the cheapest outfit but you look good in it you know you look good in yeah. it my man swift used to do that man mm-hmm. he used to uh coming up he would always have like a matching bandana and t-shirt right mm-hmm. so like he would get the t-shirts for the low and the bandanas for low, but it was an ill look because he always had the matching fit and it came off. He could have the same pair of, of uh, Uptowns, Air Force Ones. You know, he toothbrushed them shits mm-hmm. and swapped the laces out to keep them clean, but he always had the t-shirt and the bandana that match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was something I seen in the hood a lot too with like yank matching the fitted to the jacket, to the shoe type thing. And like, it didn't have to be an expensive thing, but if it matched out here that on the West coast, it's not as matchy matchy. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is a hood thing to be matchy matchy. It's kind of hood. We, and I think it comes from exactly what you said about like not having the same amount of access to money mm-hmm. and like finding a way to still set yourself apart. And there's also really a, a New York East coast thing. Cause what I realized after leaving is mm-hmm. how condensed New York is. Yeah. It's people on people mm-hmm. on people mm-hmm. on people on the subway, on the street, in your building, in your school. It's people in a city of 13 million motherfuckers. How do you remain flying and separate yourself from the pack? Right. It's just, you just got to figure out a way. And, and I think that now it, it's wild because if you, I mean, you were here recently and you see that, I think that, People are just more dressing alike, right? There, you talk about the '90s kids. Those were kids that were like, "Oh, nobody's dressing up like the '90s." Like we bringing that back. And I remember walking through those streets and seeing dudes with flat tops and and overalls. And I was like, "Did I end up in a Spike Lee movie?" Because this is why. Right, right. <laughs> you know, there was a time, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't mean to like 
shit on the retro kids. Nah. I think what they did, I think what they did was kind of dope. I mean, it, it hit a moment. There's a fine line. I was watching um, that. What's that? Uh, design the runway, rip the runway. Oh, uh, Project Runway. Project Runway, mm-hmm. right? And one of the judges was saying there's a fine line between like kitsch and costume. Mm-hmm. And when it was kind of kitschy, I thought it was super dope. But then it it, it started tipping that scale into like costume. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I give them utmost props for is those dudes were twenty four seven with it. Oh they yeah. Went to their job. They went to their job and. In a in a Gumby high top fade. <laughs> Shout out Teddy. <laughs> Shout out Teddy, bro. Teddy, Teddy. That was the dude that worked at Swatch, and he always had, he had the Gumby fade and everything. I don't know. I don't know if you you ever met him, but like if you went nah. to that Swatch in Soho, he was one yeah, of the dudes right the there. Corner. Yeah, he was one of the dudes there. I right, I was like, right, yo, it's good. Right across from Atrium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right across from Atrium, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They, I I give those dudes props because they were committed. Mm-hmm. They were committed. They were, you know, they were wearing Etonics and like they were really yeah, pony. about that. They were, they were pony rocking. And Valley. And uh, I remember they even got a couple of like sponsorships and mm-hmm. shit. And I feel like they tried to put out a rap album too. Yes. Man. Like, I remember that. And it, cause they, yeah. they had the, the tall dude with the, um, with the boom box always. And they were playing it yeah. in, in that, like that area where Pearl Paint was at. Yeah, canal. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not canal. The pearl paint that was like it was. I don't know if it's pearl paint. It was like Michael's art or something like that. It was an art store that was in that like cobble store, cobble um, street where all the cobblestones were at. Mm. That was in front of Blades. If you walk straight in front of Blades, and then you just have there's like a a stone store, a uh, stone street. Okay. And then I don't remember. It's been a minute. Yeah. But yeah. I, I again, I give those dudes props because. They lived that shit. Yeah, they you know did. What I mean, they they were they were doing the Roger Rabbit dance. Mm-hmm. Like they were committed to this shit. They really lived and breathed it. You know what I mean? And and formed a crew. And were they were getting invited to so many parties yeah. just to show up and do like coordinated dances. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> it was amazing. Like, but like the minute it tipped into like other people being inspired by Mm -hmm. it and like running with it and then like it turning into like this costume the minute you started to see it do you remember there was a like dudes who sold things on tables on broadway too like right out in front of like urban outfitters yeah the the minute a minute those like multicolor snapbacks oh yeah that table Mm -hmm. those like fresh print snapbacks Mm -hmm. and then and the dookie ropes hit that table it was over (laughs) It was cooked like, for these niggas. They're like, this shit is a done. It's done. The, the Gumby is gone. They were like, the, the, Gumby, <laughs> the Gumby's out of here, man. But that, that was such a dope moment, man. But yeah, like you said, it, like dudes, dudes uh, that just wasn't outside, and they, I feel like a lot of like the youth are kind of like parroting what they hear mm-hmm. other people say in regards to like uh, true sneakerhead culture and like the sort of. This is like the literal um, definition to me of what a hype beast is. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's not a hype release or a hyped release, they're not really checking for it. Right. And also, the idea of purchasing some shit with no 
past or prior knowledge of the culture behind it or the reference behind it mm-hmm. with the sole intention of reselling it is also like a huge part of what like kind of killed the joy of the shit for me i think no yeah the it you got to find it where you can in my opinion you know it, there where are, are you finding it me i'm i try to find sneakers that actually like connect with me some way right each okay. each sneaker that that i buy has like they're like okay this is a moment in my life and it connects to that like recently uh i've, I've talked about the shoe nonstop. i don't even freaking own it but uh extra butter released uh a samba that was uh based on the, the movie city of god and now Okay. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, being half Brazilian. Same. And okay. And my mom grew up next to the city of, like, the real city of God. So she was like, she was like, oh, telling me all this crazy stories and stuff like that. So that's a shoe that literally connects with me and my family, and I want it so bad, and I did not, I'm not able to get. It. But like, though, that's how I'm more, like, like that's how I'm consciously influencing my mm-hmm. buying. You know. Yeah, yeah. The story behind it is a, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think I think the story behind the shoe is a big deal, and the other thing that's like a big deal to me is like um, the nostalgia, mm-hmm. and that's how they get the old heads. Like, yeah. these. like you you missed these when they dropped when you were a kid, and your mom was gonna buy them, but now you have a job and you can buy them. You know, <laughs> um, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, they got me. They, yeah, that you know? it's it, that that whole retro thing is a whole like just playing playing on retros forever is what's keeping sneakers alive you know but i i definitely look at at newer sneakers that are coming out and if i see some sort of tech that i'm like oh this is cool let me try it you know i'll really cop like mostly for like actual function because i've always been the two right there's there's function and then there's fashion and if i'm shopping for fashion that's what i'm looking for that connects to me and then if i'm shopping for function you know playing ball working out then i'm going i'm going that route of like okay let me get like the best tech Form meets function, I think, is the best fashion. Form meeting function. Um, form follows function. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I think that when you when you keep that in mind for your purchasing or whatever, keeping in mind that the form follows the function, I think you, you it's hard to go wrong, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I, before, because before, this has been going on for a while, but I definitely wanted to touch into, you know, you're such a tastemaker. You, and I'm just going to give you your flowers. I think that like you start a lot of things and they become beautiful, right? The, you, when you were doing uh, Beat House and Sweat House here in New York, you know, you started this burgeoning beat scene that was, everybody just adapted it, you know, and, and continues to push it forward as well. Um, but like what what influences you so much to do these things where you you are you know like you did you started very relaxed and you know you're you're still doing you know your music and you're still you recently you know i i just quiet life too was fire like you know so the thank you of course and I'm, i'm hyped for the new joint too so like what keeps you moving forward and what keeps you uh influencing and well not i mean yeah influencing and starting new things you know yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, I think I think really um, for a long time, like you know, we're talking about growing up poor. Alone for a long time, I feel like I had a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I just was like, I don't have, and so I need to get right. And so sometimes that also 
um, stemmed from like operating out of deficit. Like I don't have it, so I gotta go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that what that does is it creates a hustle mentality. New Yorkers are hustlers by nature, right? Because mm-hmm. like what we talked about before, sometimes operating out of that I ain't got it mentality is good for hustling because it makes you mm-hmm. hungry. You know, like especially when there's a lot of competition, you get iron, iron steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, that hunger, that kind of like hustle mentality was a, a, a huge fuel for me and as a New Yorker, as a, as a New York MC, as a New York creative. Um, um, but also this, that what it did was if I saw a deficit somewhere, if I saw a vacuum somewhere, I felt the need to, uh, fill it. I saw it as an opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like for me, an opportunity, all I, I know. I don't ever need a hand out. I just need a hand up or I'll make, I'll make my own way if I see an opportunity. So mm-hmm. very often um, in my career, I don't think I've been given many handouts. I've never had like real mentors or big brother figures or very few. I would, I would count substantial as one, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Out of like maybe three or four, but even those I, I earned with my skill set and my talent. They wouldn't yeah. have fucked. They wouldn't have fucked with me or even reached out if I was whack, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but like just out of the just congenial goodness of someone's heart, being like he's doing his thing, let me help him out. That really hasn't. That really hasn't occurred. So for me, mm-hmm. anytime I seen somebody that was doing something dope, I wanted, and I had any platform to assist or use my platform to big them up or create something because I saw there was uh, a vacuum there. Mm-hmm. And it just needed the right opportunity and auspicious circumstance to make it pop. I I went for it, and um, you know I may not have always done things exa- exactly by the book, just because I don't come from that background. But mm-hmm. I did it in my hustle hustler's mentality. You know, like I'll put this together the best way I know how with the most the least amount of resources and now that i'm older and have more resources it's so interesting to know like what what younger me could have accomplished i I accomplished so much with this with this little you know what i'm saying like it makes me wonder like man the the inception of so many of these things that i've started whether they be event series or ideas or sounds or whatever the fuck i was working on i did it with this much resources and mm-hmm. and now and now I'm operating more out of like a kind of abundance mindset like I have it we can do it we can get people together and make something happen we can pool resources to make something happen mm-hmm. let's do it and I think that's always just been it for me it's just like if I see the opportunity if I have the idea I'm very grateful to the creator for for making me a creator Right. Because mm-hmm. I think we all have the ability to be creative, but not everyone yeah. is a creator, mm-hmm. just meaning you have that innate sense and ability to create. And, um, you know, I I do all of this with no schooling. I'm I'm 100 percent self-taught in everything I did. It, it was mm-hmm. it was me with my back to the wall, Ashy Nuggles to figure it out. You know, what I mean, yeah. So. So I think that mentality of like scrapping, fighting, hustling, looking for opportunities is what birthed a lot of the shit that people see and like. And age and um, proximity to resources have only helped me refine these things and ideas. And 
and put them out in a more refined way and continue to do it. And I think now I don't have to operate from such a place of I ain't got it. It's more of I can take the time. That's what Very Relaxed is about. It's mm-hmm. like I can take the time and really figure out how I want to approach things and come from a refined place. That's what The Quiet Life is about. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like um, I, I don't need 13 sword strokes to kill this boss if I have the right one sword stroke. That's mm-hmm. the death stroke. You know what I mean? So like, fi- that's what to me maturing and getting older is is about you know what i mean and it's interesting because i took nine eight to nine years off from putting out music yeah to to really focus on getting beat house going and Mm -hmm. and we've done so many great things with beat house and so now i'm back creating music and it's it's beautiful it feels great coming from um the place that i'm at now and that's kind of just been the inspiration behind it you know what i mean no yeah a lot of times I look at all the things I've done. I'm like, yo, rap music didn't get me there. Rap music might have been the exception, but my tenacity, my abilities, my my brain is what taught me that. You know what I mean? Nah, man, bro. You ever since I I knew you, I always think I always thought you were extremely talented, man. From like big bless, thank you. Yeah, from from just like the cover. I was gonna, I was actually gonna dig up the Fresh Daily album, uh, the one that you drew, you hand drew, um. Fuck, what was the name of it though? My bad. It's, There's like a couple of them, man. Yeah. Um, but I know it's the one that's like you like, I'm never pressing this ever again. Like you're like it's There's like, like one a couple of, of those. Yeah. Oh shit. There's like the Illy for really mixtape. There's mad flavors. Mad flavors. Mad flavors. Mad that's the flavors. one. I have mad flavors. That's crazy um, if you have mad flavors. I do. I'm a I'm gonna pull it up after we finish recording this. But that's the crazy. but but I always thought you were ahead of ahead of everything, cause like, as soon as you you're you're super fly. Well, you are super fly, but I'm talking about during that time, and this is before Kid Cudi. This is before you know, like you were you were put you were you were one of the inspirations of me being like, oh, I got to be on to the next thing before the next yeah. thing blows up, and yeah. uh, you know, like I always appreciated you, and and you, always G. appreciated our, our talk, and and when I saw you were doing, you know, B House Sweat House, I was like, man, this thing's gonna go crazy, you Thank know. You, bro. It was just in Brooklyn, so I never, I was like, this is too far <laughs> for me. <laughs> you out in Queens too, right? Yeah, exactly. So man, it was that's just a like, that's a true. I did it. I did it for. I I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna pull up. And I pulled up for a Quale Chris uh, Cavalier show, and that was like, all right, I'm hooked onto this stuff. Like, th- I knew it was gonna happen because right. that scene is like you in there, and you 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 become part of it. Like you're like you're yeah, meeting, you're seeing the same people. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, you started something, and I always credit to you because like I didn't hear about it until you, and so yeah. I was just like, yeah, that credit that credit actually means the world to me because mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. I, I was really pushing in that space and just like mm-hmm. not getting credit for it or the credit would go to someone else. And like the, the, the weird thing about credit is you can't take it. It has to be given. Yeah. So I, I've, I've definitely made the mistake of trying to take credit for things that I've done. And it always mm-hmm. backfires on me. People, people are like, uh, remember I've been quoting Jay-Z this whole interview, but Jay-Z <laughs> said, if, if I owe you, I'm blowing you to smithereens. People don't like the idea of being indebted to you. So when you try to take credit for something you've done, whether you put people onto them or whatever, mm-hmm. they, they hold a resentment about it. So what I've learned is like, yo, I'm not going to take credit anymore. 
when my flowers come to me, I'll accept them graciously. So you giving me mm -hmm. that credit means a lot to me using your platform to do so. Because there, there is a lot of things I feel like I was at the helm of. But being a futurist is a gift and a curse. It's the ability to see ahead of you. But then mm -hmm. you're so ahead of people that they're just like, they don't get it off the top yeah. of it until, until it's already mainstream. All right. So last question. Last question. It's the last, last question before we uh, get up out of here. Uh, so I want you to think about as you're about to pull open that box for let's go with the dunks like you're about to open that box you okay. go back in time you're you your age now behind yourself what would you tell yourself hey, your younger self uh... as they open that box <laughs> i don't know i would tell i would tell myself uh, i don't know take care of these man take care of these they they, they go, they're not going to retro them for another 20 years <laughs> they gotta they gotta last you kid they gotta last you no i, I, I don't know I, I mean I, to be frank with you i wouldn't change shit like, I, I know we joked earlier about you know pairs that i had that mm -hmm. i wish i still had and because i wore them out but at the end of the day man i would tell anybody yo this shit is no, just yeah. rubber and fucking leather you know it's 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 not that serious it's really not that serious, leather you know yeah what I mean? there there's ginormous mm -hmm. things happening all around the world that we're very grateful to be Americans and live in this in this country and have that we take for granted and it, and it's like this shit is just this shit is just mm -hmm. leather leather and rubber bro it, it, it don't mean nothing you know what I mean it's just it's to your taste but the fact that you mm -hmm. even have the means and the proximity to the means to be able to have different pairs of shoes you only got one pair of feet you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. the fact that you might have multiple pairs you know, just be grateful for whatever you do have and, you know, like work hard and treat yourself to something every now and then and wear every pair, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And um, to people that resell, kind of like, I understand we live in a capitalist society, but there's a culture of people that really care about these things. And I think resale culture is, is awful because that kid that wanted that pair, right, might not get them because you bought, you used bots to get like 25 pairs for everybody listening, we're just going to... Fresh's phone died for a little second. Uh, Sorry. He, came, he was in the middle of, he was in the middle of this, uh, if you're watching this. Uh, but for everybody out there, uh, Fresh, let them know where to find you uh, and like plug all your stuff. Yeah, man. Um, Fresh D-O-T daily on all social platforms, Fresh mm -hmm. Daily. Uh, I think Facebook, it might be Fresh Daily and then the letters MC, Fresh Daily MC, but mm -hmm. most everything is Fresh.Daily. Uh, that's like Fresh.Daily.com. Um, I don't know, man. Very relaxed.co. Uh, <laughs> there you go. We, we'll, have, we'll have some new shit up soon. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on bank. Cop that Fresh hoodie. Cop that hoodie. Fresh that Daily. Hoodie fire. Thank you. Freshdaily.bandcamp.com, uh, I think is it. And. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man. I'm on all streaming platforms, too. So if you just type in Fresh Daily, I should be the only yeah, guy sure. that pops up. So and if you're in uh, if you're in Oakland, hit up uh, if you see a Sweat House, Beat House. It's only Sweat House now, right? No, there's Beat House. There's, we oh, have a Beat House, house coming up uh, January 19th. Okay, okay. There you go. Yeah, well, man. this is dropping. That's a, they, that, That's what you should drop. You should uh, push. So this is dropping the 12th. So hey, listen. The next week, yo. If you're on, yeah. if you're on the West Coast, it's gonna be dope. Um, if you're in Oakland specifically or the Bay Area in general, um, uh, you can RSVP uh, at Beat House Show on tw on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
There's a link in the bio at Beat House Show, B-E-A-T-H-A-U-S-S-H-O-W, Beat House Show. The headliner is Obliv, uh, mm-hmm. Les, and then we've got Les Lockhart, Telly McLean, 89s. Just a whole bunch of dope artists uh, on that bill, so you definitely don't want to miss that one. And uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me. No, on thank this. you, man. Um, sorry, people kept blowing up my phone. But... <laughs> it's all good. But for everybody out there, you know what we say each week: wear your kicks. Wear Peace. your kicks. Wear every pair.